Welcome to Prajna Sparks special series, 59 Days of Healing, where we explore one maxim from the Tibetan Lojung text, Seven Points for Healing Dualistic Mind, each day to integrate the practice into our lives. Today is day 23, and we are beginning point six, healing promises. Maxim 23 reads, always follow three basic principles. Before we start looking at this maxim in particular, I want to talk about point six in general, these healing promises. These are often described as commitments. And I like to use the term healing promises to really stress that these are promises we make to ourselves to heal. It's not a commitment you're making to somebody else. It's not even something that you could fail yourself in. The promise itself has power. It has a lot of thrust in and of itself. That act of making a promise to yourself, viewing yourself in the light of value for healing, for transforming and transcending has immense power. It's important as we go through these next several maxims, point six and seven are chunkiest when it comes to numbers of maxims, that these are not meant to trip us up or to make us feel down on ourselves. You really cannot make a mistake with these. Every time you notice that you might not have lived up to that promise, that's wonderful. Rejoice. You're spotting something that normally you wouldn't have even noticed. It would have gone under the radar. See how potent this power of promising something to yourself is. Let's turn to Maxim 23. Always follow three basic principles. Not just any three basic principles, but particular ones. First, to remain aware of these healing promises as best as we're able to do. Second, to avoid extremes. And third, not to fall prey to bias, maintaining an open mind. So the first is kind of self-explanatory. At the very beginning of our list of maxims having to do with healing promises is a principle to do the best we can with those healing promises. Otherwise, it's just wishful thinking. This first principle is to be honest with ourselves and also be gentle with ourselves. The point of making these promises to ourselves holds this tender vulnerability of, am I going to be able to do it? We rarely make promises for something we already know we're going to do. Nobody promises to breathe in and out every day. We know we're going to do that. And there are other things that are so much a part of our lives that we don't need to promise. But this is a new way of going about life. And sometimes they require us to change our perspective, to turn things upside down a little bit. That's precisely how the healing, transforming, and ultimately transcending works, breaking the momentum of unexamined habits. This first principle is simply to remain mindful, aware, and conscious of the promises we're making for ourselves, using them as a way to learn and understand ourselves more. Simply put, to be better friends to ourselves. Then the next principle is to avoid extremes. This can be specific to the promises we're making to ourselves here, or you can extend it out as far as you like. In any circumstance, being 
way too strict, way too lax is not very helpful. There's something about finding that middle ground and even that process of figuring out what that balance point is for you that's incredibly potent. And just like maintaining our balance in tree pose and yoga, for example, takes a little bit of muscular conditioning. It takes a little bit of practice in the maxims or any of our activities. It takes a little bit to find our center and to stay with it as well as we can. That's what this second principle is talking about. And the third is not to fall prey to bias, to keep open-minded. Sadly, our world is full of bias and prejudice, often in very public and damaging ways for people on the receiving end. But we also are damaged by being on the giving end of that bias and prejudice. Even if there doesn't seem to be somebody who is harmed, for example, we have a bias in favor of not engaging in self-inquiry. It doesn't seem like anybody's particularly harmed. It's not a requirement. If anybody's harmed, maybe it's just us. It's limited. What this principle is starting to open up for us is, is it true that nobody else is harmed but you? If, for example, we don't engage in self-inquiry or in spiritual practice or in practices like this that blend with any kind of lifestyle. And is it okay if you're the only one harmed? Is that a small harm? This principle is saying that simply by remaining open-minded, you are releasing some of that tension that binary ways of thinking that dualistic mind creates. Tension, bias in and of itself is a product of this. This principle is asking us to start moving in the direction of a mind that's healed somewhat from dualistic thinking and adopting that perspective Living as though we're already there is part of how we arrive. These promises that we make to ourselves, I know I've heard you talk about vows in the past and and that we shouldn't take any vow that we're not already keeping, which I always find to be an incredibly useful piece of guidance. And I'm wondering, are promises different from vows? And if so, how? They're different and they're not. Because this is dualistic mind, Tanya, remember? Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) They're different in that the attitude we bring to a vow is usually broad. Maybe it's a wedding vow. We have an entire ceremony and tons of money and lots of guests. Or maybe it's monastic vows in the Buddhist or another tradition. And there's usually a lot of ritual around that. The point of all of those rites is to impress upon our mind and everyone else involved the high regard we have towards those vows. I will often advise people if you're considering taking, for example, the vows of refuge as a Buddhist, which is the first big event that marks you as a Buddhist, it's good to live those vows for a little while because then you'll have a real sense of how is this supportive? How is it not supportive? How do you live a vow that you haven't taken? by making a promise to yourself. Of course, the degree, the strength, the way that you hold a promise is somewhat lighter than the way you hold a vow. It's something that you make to yourself in the privacy of your own heart. And that 
should be more important than not doing anything else. It's definitely more important than saying, oh, yeah, that's a great idea or writing it down on a to-do list. It has that much more importance, but it's still somewhat softer, somewhat more fluid than a vow that has a lot of structure and a lot of intentionality around it, even more than the promise. It all depends on the individual taking the promise or taking the vow. I'm sure that there are some people who hold promises with more reverence and grace than some others may hold vows. Thank you. That's quite helpful. The other thing I was wondering is this maxim has so many pieces to it. And, you know, some of the maxims seem like a lot more uh, bite-sized. And this one has so much. And so I was trying to figure out, is there something that ties these three principles together? The remaining aware, avoiding extremes, not falling prey to bias. I know you talked about how we can sort of apply all of these to the promises. So maybe that's part of it. But anyway, I just wanted to see if you can shed any light on that. If we apply them to the promises, they make them seem a little more sustainable. And then once we do that with the maxims, with the whole practice in mind, we can start to see how that extends out. What this maxim is saying is, if something matters enough to you, you'll be aware of its importance. You will neither be too hard on yourself or too easy on yourself, and you will remain open-minded. This is true no matter what we're doing. This has been Yesha and Tanya on day 23 of Prajna Spark special series, 59 Days of Healing. Tune in daily for more maxims from the Tibetan Lojong text, Seven Points for Healing Dualistic Mind. Check the episode notes for more resources and email us, sparks at prajnafire.com, with any questions. May all beings benefit.